0: The journey and its adventures, and so this is the last week we'll do this series. I think this is eight or week eight or nine, and and I had what spawned this in my spirit was writing this in my journal, knowing God is the main storyline of the journey and is the greatest of adventures. So there's several different kinds of of Christianity that you could buy into and. And there's that one silicone kind that says, you know what? I'm going to show up to church on Sunday, and that's my, that's my part with God. That's it. That's, just, that's my deal. I'm going to check the box. I was here. I did that. And I got this one friend in my life, and it's funny because he's not here a lot, and then when I'm not here, he always texts me and says, I want you to know I was there. Do I get credit? <laughs> I texted him back on the 4th of July when I was with my folks, which I only get to see once a year. Um, I texted him back I said, duly noted. <laughs> your credit has been duly noted. Anyway, but, but there, there's that kind of Christianity where you slip in and slip out, and then there's the adventure of the journey. If the, the, the main storyline of the journey is knowing God, knowing God brings about adventure because when you really get serious about knowing God, your life is, is kind of agitated. Your comfort zone is a little out there, like, like I'm good, in my, and, and I kind of view it like this. My, some people's Christianity and their walk with God is like living in a gated community, which there's nothing wrong with those, by all means. But you pull up, how you doing, Mr. Byers? Fine, Charlie, how you doing? Good. I'll let the gate open. The gate opens, the gate shuts, and you go through, and you go take a left, and you take a right, and you pull up at your house, and the garage opens, and you pull in, and you shut the garage because you don't want to talk to anybody because you don't want to be uncomfortable. And then you go in, you fix yourself something to drink, you watch Sports Center, and then you go to bed. And it's like, ah. Oh. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying, I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I'm just saying, if you think about your walk with God, to me, I I think about things when I think about things, I see them. And, And to me, it's like, if I'm not careful, that's what my relationship with God looks like. Go to church, say a few amens, throw a few bucks in the offering boxes, leave, go to lunch, take a nap, and then I go about my life until next Sunday. There's no adventure in that as far as your, your journey goes. But where it gets adventurous on the journey of knowing God is when you start reading the Bible and the Bible starts challenging you in different areas of your life, then you get to respond and, and, and say, you know what, God, I'm going to man up. I, I, I'm going I'm I'm to go there with you, God. I'm not just going to be like this person that calls himself a Christian but doesn't really chase after you and know you. So I thought a great way to end this series would, would be the journey and adventure of salvation. The journey and adventure of salvation. Because really when you, when you think about salvation, you think about two types of people. When the Titanic sunk, obviously there wasn't social media then. And so at the port where the, the ship left, there was a a port there and this is where they were bringing people back to and there were so many people looking for their loved ones they put up this this massive sign and it had two columns on it. And you know what those two columns said? Saved, unsaved. So in other words, if you had lost a loved one and, and they knew they had identified unsaved, couldn't find them or found them and they're dead, frozen, are saved. They may be in a local hospital somewhere. You may have to go look for them. Saved, unsaved. And if you boil Christianity down to a place of talking about salvation, you really got two columns. So maybe you're here today and you would say, you know what? I've never confessed Jesus Christ as my personal savior. So I've not experienced salvation in reference to how the Bible says that you do. You'll have a chance to do that today. However, I'm gonna push back a little bit for those of us who, who say and have confessed Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, and we, we profess to be Christians, and we we have a hard time telling people about Jesus. So my hope in this message is, is that you'll take some notes, and if you don't want to do that, then you'll get online and get the PowerPoint because I'm gonna give you a lot of scriptures today that will help you. You ever try to tell somebody about Jesus and your, your tongue swells? You know what I'm saying? Are your your hands do that sweaty thing? You know what I mean? And you just you totally freak out and your heart starts beating really fast. Well, here's the deal if you're prepared to love and build a bridge and you have knowledge of what the Bible says about salvation, it's good news. I mean, if you want to go tell somebody they just want a million dollars, your palms don't get sweaty. You're like, dude, you just want a million dollars you rock. You are my new best friend. <laughs> and here we have the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is called the good news. And we are subjected in the Bible and, and challenged to go out into the world to make disciples, to be a light in a dark world. And, and, here, and here we have a problem doing that. Because you know what? It, it, people say, well, it's just not politically correct to tell people about Jesus. It's okay to talk about your faith in your workplace. It, it means okay. That, that's what's great about America. We all get freedom. The emails are going to be flying. Somebody said saying pissed off was bad. I just said screwed. I love you all. I, I so love you. I love you. Salvation. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So either I'm, I haven't experienced salvation or I have and maybe I'm reluctant to share that with someone else. I've told you this before. I believe with all my heart, the biggest revival that's going to hit our country is going to be in coffee shops. It's going to be one-to-one in restaurants. It's going to be with coworkers. It's going to be, hey, let me, let me just share with you about what God's done in my life. I don't think it's going to be in massive arenas. I, don't, I think it's going to be like, like Jesus did like he, with Zacchaeus and, and how he would go and just hang out with different people and sit down with them. And then their lives were changed. Because they saw a peace and they saw a joy and they saw something real. Not in, in our lives, it's not perfect. In Jesus, it was perfect. But I believe, and we're charged with that. We are charged with that. Number one, our journey starts in sin. So if we wanna talk about the, the journey and adventure of salvation, we gotta get this straight. Our journey starts in sin, Romans 3, 24. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Again, take notes or get online and get these scriptures, but they all have to do either with being saved or witnessing. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So if you're here today and you say, you know what? I just wandered in or somebody invited me. I'm not real comfortable in church because I think the rest of these people are perfect, and I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm a sinner. Guess what? we all sin. We all do. Now, we can't take grace to a level where we get a get out of hell free card and just keep living the way that we want to live that's not in conjunction with the word of God. But we do know this, we're all sinners. Job, even in the Old Testament, says we sin like sparks fly upwards. We've all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. In other words, the Bible says uh, we know him in part now, but one way we'll know him full in his glory. But so we fall short of that glory. Why? Someone else did something to make us sinners. That was Adam and Eve. We had nothing to do. Flesh had something to do with that. But as far as I know, none of you are that old. You weren't there. But, but sin entered into the human race. So now you've got yourself being born into a sinful nature. It's called flesh. It's called our world. Sinful nature. And then now, so what's going to happen? So then, all, but, but all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Someone else did something that made us sinners. That was Adam and Eve. Someone else did something that made us righteous in God's eyes. And that was Jesus Christ. But you got to get this. We're all born into sin. Our journey starts in sin. And you're like, you know, and I've told you this before. If you don't believe me, go back to one of the, like the three-year-old class and take out all the toys except one and, and throw that one toy in the middle of the class and just step back. It's own. It is own like Donkey Kong at that point. And seriously... And, and, and very rarely, if at all ever, you'll ever see a little kid go over and pick that toy up and go, here, I want you to have this. <laughs> no, seriously. I want you please take it. No. It's a free-for-all. We want what we want. It's called, it's called our nature. And as we grow older, the toys just get bigger. And so, so the idea is our journey starts in sin. We have to realize that. So there's a problem there. And so here, here's, here's God that now he wants to have peace with his creation that's the whole idea about salvation number 2 the journey of salvation is a grace journey so john 3:16 which i love the fact that people put this everywhere at ball games and stuff but i think as christians sometimes it's put everywhere so much that we we lose the magnificence of what the scripture says Right, it's like watching a movie 15 times, and you love the movie, but at some point you kind of get bored with the movie. And so my prayer today is that we could reread this like we've never heard it. Re- let's reread it like we've never heard it. Like, like, oh my goodness gracious, that is. Watch this, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Pretty good news. Well, I'm not going to tell that person about Jesus because I really don't want to upset them. I mean, I'm pretty fired up today because in my heart I'm an evangelist. That's who I am. I love telling people about Jesus. I love seeing people get saved. I love, I love when I see people, when they give their heart to Jesus and their life starts to change and, and their, their habits start to change and, and God just does something neat. And then maybe they, they've been praying for a spouse and all of a sudden they run into this, this other person uh, and, and they, they know the Lord. and I mean, I can tell you story after story after story after story after story and it just fires me up. And I don't understand how can we have the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and not tell people about it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is grace in its purest form. That is God having grace on us by giving what was most important to him to the world so that we could be restored back to a rightful relationship with him. Remember Romans just said we were justified. We were justified by the grace that God had over our life through the person of Jesus Christ. Wow. But God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. On my best day at being a dad, on my best day, which were probably few, but on my best day, I couldn't come anywhere close to showing the grace that God showed us by sending his only son. I mean, on my best day as being a parent, you can't, there's no way. So, so the journey itself is saturated in grace, First, first John, I believe it's one nine, says if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. That's grace. I'm getting what I don't deserve right there. Mercy is getting, not getting what you do deserve. Grace is getting what you don't deserve. So here, here I am now, a sinner. God loves me so much, I'm the apple of his eye. And and here now he creates this elaborate plan to send his own son. Now we have the ability to be righteous in God's sight, but what makes us unrighteous is sin. Let me ask you a question. How much of a part of your Christian journey is confessing to God what he already knows? See, we don't like to get before God and get naked spiritually. And just say, God, I know you already know this, but I need to get it off my chest. I messed up. Like, I... I. And here's the thing the enemy loves to do. The enemy loves to get you to think that God doesn't really know so you can hide it and let's don't talk about it because it really didn't happen. But it did happen and God knows everything. He created you. And so then you get this mental gymnastic thing going on and and, and the enemy says, you're not good enough for God. You messed up too much. This is the 85,000th time that you said you were going to do that and you did it anyway. So you run from God and you, you withdraw from His presence and you forget scriptures like this. This, just, just talk to him. I'm not talking about talking to another human being in some other format. I'm talking, if we, confess, he, if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful. He is faithful to forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. So if you're newly walking with the Lord, or, or you know, maybe not, but if, if you have a quiet time, which I hope you do every day and read your Bible, or you have a time and you talk with God, Spirituality 101, it's really good to confess the deficits in your walk with God. Because when I do that, I have to recognize them. And at that point, it's in the open. And the enemy can't work in dark. He can't work in light. See, he works in the dark places of our life. The stuff we try to hide. The stuff that we're not willing to talk about. The stuff that we're not brave enough to talk about. But once I go before God, my my father, my daddy, and say, I know you already know, but I did it again. I had road rage, God. (laughs) And we know, I mean, yeah. But what I'm saying is, is he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and, and purify us from all unrighteousness. Confession should be a daily habit because we sin daily. Right? Now his grace is permanent. His grace is good. Well, what we're learning right here is, is, oh my goodness, I've got this God that loved me so much. He sent his only son to die for me. And so much so that he created this, this formula where if I come before him with a pure heart, with a pure heart, and say, Lord, I'm, I need to confess this to you. I need, I need you to help me in this area of my life. He is faithful and just to purify us from all unrighteousness. So, I challenge you. Talk to God about the things that you're, you're, not, you're, not, living, you're not living really the way the Bible says we should live. Now, if you don't do it one day and a plane hits you and you die, I'm not saying God's not going to help you out. I'm just saying it's really good. It's really good for your spiritual journey to talk to God about areas that you failed Him in, because I'm telling you, when you do, the peace of the Holy Spirit will come into that moment, and you'll say, "You know what? I, I'm going to do my best not to do that again. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better." Next thing, the adventure of salvation is that is that we are children of God. Romans eight seventeen. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Think, think about this. Please write that down, Romans eight seventeen. because this, this is like money in the bank. This is unbelievable. Now, if we are children, which we know we are because the Bible says that we're children of God when we, when we, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior then we are heirs, heirs of God. I'm a child of God. The, the adventure of salvation is the part of the journey where I always know I'm a child of God. No matter what happens in my life, remember last week we talked about circumstance does not dictate God's destiny over my life. And so there are going to be good weeks, there are going to be bad weeks, there'll be good years, there'll be bad years. But I know that I know that I know that I'm an heir of God. I, I, I'm an heir. In other words, I, I'm his child. And co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his good. Co-heirs. Co-heirs. What do co-heirs get? They get the same thing. So, now check this out. I hope this This I hope this helps. God loves me as much as he loves his own son. That's a good dad. That's a good father. So I'm an heir to God, and I'm a co-heir with Christ. I mean, you know, you ever been to an estate sale? Tell the truth. You ever just feel like being nosy, and you just pull off the road, and just kind of... I mean, some of those things are scary. Like, you're looking for the exit. It's only like a haunted house. Like, you get in there, and you're like, oh, how did I get in here? I, just, I was just looking for hunting equipment, and this is this is nasty. What are, you, what are these? Expecting, like, a news truck to show up at any minute with a big camera looking down? Anyway. But <laughs> it's true. It's there. some... I don't know how some people live. So, so... You, but in an estate sale, you might have some siblings that get together, and they want to sell everything, and, and, and then they, what do they do? They split it all up and, and take, take the money. Well, God's saying here that we're, we're his children, and we're co-heirs with Christ, and he has no lack of abundance. He ha- his love is unconditional, so he loves us just like he loves Jesus. Because love is the currency of God. Unconditional love if indeed clause, clause don't you love clauses yeah Raina and I are trying to buy a house right now and in and, uh, and the, and the contracts that you read it's like they slip the stuff in there Like, and, and, and most of us are it's too too busy and too to read it but Raina she's busy but she she's like mm, mm. I'm like sweetie can't we hire someone to do that can we please just pay someone to? no I'm reading this and I'm like, I'm watching Sports Center and she's like, Look at this. And I was like, I know, he just hit it out of the park. <laughs> just a little glimpse into our life, right? Claus, <laughs> if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. And so we know that there are people all around this world that are really, really suffering physically for God, and some people being put to death, and 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 that's atrocious. But every day of our life That we live in America We have an opportunity To suffer In a way That benefits Our relationship with God That word suffer To give up One's own comfort To give up One's own comfort You know why You know why 60% of you don't tithe Oh I'm going to get in trouble You know why that is Because that's not comfortable for you You know why it's not comfortable for you Because you've got to give up something And you know, we don't like to give up stuff. You know, for those of us in this room that have trusted God with our finance and see the blessings in it, you let me tell you what it is it's comfortable. Because it's all His, it's all His anyway. We have an opportunity every day in the workplace to to be loving and, and to, at some times, when we're forced in situations, where we, we know that we should act a certain way, but we know that the Bible says you should act that way, but we also know that if we act that way, it's going to cost us a promotion, that's suffering. I had a friend of mine that went on a business trip, and <clears throat> he was up for this big promotion. And these, all these guys went out, and, and they had a good time, they ate dinner, and a lot of them just got really tanked. And so they wound up at an establishment where ladies don't wear clothes. That's the best way I can say that. And he said, "I'm not going in. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. I am. I'm not going. I don't believe that way. And, and, and furthermore, those young women are—they're hurting, or they wouldn't even be in there. And so I'm not. And they laughed at him, and they laughed at him, and they laughed at him. And and he tell—he told tell me a story, and he he's like, I just—I couldn't do that. And and when he got back, he called. He actually called his wife that night and told her he's like, look, they, these guys went to this place and." And I started to go in, and then I couldn't go in. And, and and she's like, Oh, I love you. And when you get home, we'll dance. <laughs> so, so, and it, it did cost him a, a little heat, but in the long run, the other guys respected him all the more. That's suffering. That's not doing the easy thing. That's being who you know. Remember? Joseph was good at being who? Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. So... So in order, we share in his sufferings. In other words, we we commit our life, we don't do everything that we want to do, in order that we also share in his glory. I can't put this into words. We cannot explain the glory of God. For now we know him in part, one day we'll know him in full. The glory of God. If, if, If you want to even try to tap into understanding the glory of God, read about heaven. And and we, a lot of, you know, you don't talk about heaven. People, unfortunately, don't talk about heaven a lot anymore in the church because if you talk about heaven and you believe the Bible, guess what else you got to talk about? Hell, which Jesus talked about. Think about all tribes, every tongue from every nation surrounding the throne of God and the 12 tribes of Israel and they're singing and worshiping God. Think about, just for a second, the glory that, because if we believe the Bible, we got to believe that, right? The glory that... Is going to be revealed. I personally think, and and this is not this is not biblical. Like I don't. I mean, it is in the sense we are going to get to fly if we're still alive when Jesus comes back because we're (laughs) going. But I think when we're around that throne worshiping God, I really think that I'm going to be able to go and go like 500 feet that way. (laughs) Seriously, like come down. What's up, dude? What's up? But we we'll, let me let me just show you how Nemescale our minds are when we think things are awesome, All right? I, I know I reference Sports Center a lot because I watch Sports Center every day. So yesterday or day before, this guy uh, threw a no hitter. Anybody see that? Okay, good. Two of you. I gotta start watching another show like that one. Um, I'm never gonna raise my hand no matter what questions ask. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. You guys are slow but worth waiting on. So, so watch this. So I'm watching Sports Center, and I don't even like the baseball team this guy pitches for, but I get so unbelievably pumped up that the dude threw a no-hitter. Because it's not really easy to do. And then I was so even more excited when my wife said, honey, now a no-hitter is different than a perfect game, isn't it? And I was like, come here. <laughs> You listen. <laughs> it like, yes. is But simple things in life, and God gives us all things to enjoy. But if you think about it, there are things that this world offers that we think are really awesome. It's not even a, a, a hair, if I would, just a little bitty hair of, of a, what God has in store for us. And no eye has seen, no ear has heard what the Lord has in store for us. See, because if, if you're going to get in, why don't you just get all the way in? And when you're all the way in, it's work to walk with the Lord. It's a journey, but having that journey, knowing the outcome, I mean, get in or, like, get all the way in, knowing that the glory, we're going to share in His glory we're going to share in the glory of Jesus Christ. Just, it's good news. I don't know why we have such a hard time telling people about it. Now. Don't go in with both guns blazing tomorrow at the office, okay? (laughs) You're a sinner. You're going to hell. Accept Jesus. Now! I don't care what my office says. I don't care what my boss says. Don't do that. Hopefully by now you've been building a bridge by being Christ-like and sharing the love of... And so hopefully that door will open. You'll read some scriptures like this and understand, hey, God... Thank you for opening this door. Thank you, and I'm very humbled that you would allow me to play a part in telling someone about what you've done in my life. Wow. We're his children, and we're going to share in his glory one day. Last thing. Knowing Jesus is the journey and the adventure. John 15, 5 through 17. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can... Do nothing. Knowing God is the main storyline in our journey and is the greatest adventure. How do I know God? I gotta remain in the vine. I have to spend time with Jesus every day. I have to I have to do that. If you do not remain in me, you are you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into a fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory. That you bear much fruit Showing yourselves to be my disciples We've talked about this before Every life bears fruit Everyone in this room right now You're bearing some kind of fruit There's a production coming From the way you're living your life If you're living it recklessly And outside how this word says to live it It's going to produce bad things if I am living my life in such a way that I'm trying to add value to other people's lives, the fruit of that is going to be I'm going to have some pretty cool friends. If I'm living my life in such a way where all I want is I want things from people, I'm not going to have very many close friends. So whatever we sow into, that's so shall we reap. So that's why God was so amazing that he gave us this thing called the fruit of the spirit which starts with love and when I live my life in reference to the fruit of the spirit I'm going to bear that fruit because there's principles in sowing and reaping you can't get away from that principle even people who don't believe in God and never read the Bible it's it's a principle you can't get away from sowing and reaping if I plant an apple seed, I'm going to get an apple tree. If I plant, right? I mean, you can't get away from the. You can't even argue that. Even the most like analytical person that wants to prove the Bible wrong cannot get away from the, the law of sowing and reaping. It is what it is. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Keep going, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. In other words, he's about, Jesus is about to exit, and he's telling his disciples, look, here's the deal. I'm, I'm throwing it all out there on the table, and whether or not you're getting it or not, the knowledge, the value of the knowledge is going to b- bring joy into your life, complete joy. I got a question for you. Are you a person of joy? So all of you who just shook your head yes, especially those who are married, ask your spouse, am I a joyful person? (laughs) Then ask your kids. That's where it really goes south right there. I mean, well, there, there's a time in my life really, I'm not making any excuses, really busy, stressed out, da 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 and Raina called me out one day, and she said, Jason, you're not even happy anymore. You grunt every time you get up. <laughs> you're always tired. You never talk about fun stuff anymore. You're always talking about what's wrong and this and that. Of course, you know when your wife says something like that first thing you do is get really mad And then you think about it Oh, she's right because she knows me the best And I I started tracing how I was living my life And it occurred to me I was not spending as much time with God as I had in the past I was allowing the cares of this world to choke out that relationship And I, I I was not happy my joy definitely wasn't complete. I wasn't remaining in the vine. I, w- I wasn't like at every moment, like surfing that wave of God, right? Like getting in that sweet spot and just, I wasn't doing that. And, and yeah, there'll be days where we're not joyful, right? Some people in your life are so happy, they just, they make you mad. <laughs> like, you know, you wake up and you're like, I'm going to be joyful today. And then you run into that person and you're like, oh, <laughs> but if I remain in that vine, there's going to be a level of joy in my life that's going to be tangible to those around me, starting with my family. Keep going. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. laid down, one that lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do, what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I've made known to you. The knowledge that came from the Father to the Son is now being dispersed. And, and now, can you imagine the disciples are hearing the Savior of, of all that we know call them friends? That's good day. My command is this love each other as I have loved you. In the day that we live in, I believe the church is missing a massive opportunity to love the people of this world. I'm so disappointed in some of the things that I read on church signs and different places. And you're like, that's exactly what the world expects us to do. I don't have to agree with your lifestyle. You don't have to tell me I have to agree with it. But I think one of the greatest things about our country is freedom. So don't, don't push your lifestyle on me. But then I have to go back to a place and say, look, if you're addicted to crack and you want to go smoke crack wherever... I will pray for you and I will love you and hopefully you'll come to church Sunday and hopefully you'll accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and hopefully He'll set you free and then down the road there'll be this amazing transformation in your life. That doesn't happen when we hate people that don't line up in the box that we do. It doesn't happen. Yeah, I will continually stand for what I believe and what I believe is in this Bible and it's non-negotiable to me. It's just not. But my Bible says, love each other. I don't have to agree with you. But as a Christian, I have to love you. I have to. So so here's the idea. Salvation. The journey and adventure of salvation. Let's, let's, Let's finish up this passage, Kim. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. There's a reason that love is the first fruit of the Spirit. There's, there's, a, there's a reason because all the other fruits of the Spirit flow out of love. You can't have gentleness without having love. So you, you think about it this way just for a second. Saved, let's go back to the Titanic. Saved and unsaved. Saved and unsaved. There are stories after stories after stories after stories that you can read about the Titanic, which I'm I'm fascinated. The the ship sank because of pride, because they said it was unsinkable. But people getting, getting rescued, they put blankets on them, take them back to the port, and give them something to eat and warm them up. And a lot of them. After they got dry, I got back into rescue boats and went back. Because somebody saved them. So why don't I go out and see if I can help in the process of helping someone else? Saved and unsaved. If you're in that unsaved category today, in that, that column, can I tell you? Your rescue's already been done. When Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, it's done. Salvation's a faith issue. It's about you putting your faith in Jesus you're here today and you are a believer think about this week getting better and getting in that, that rescue raft and, and maybe paddling out to somebody in your life building that bridge pulling them from the troubles of life and introducing them to Jesus it's good news it's good news and because he first loved us we can love other people bow your heads all over this place if you would before we dismiss say that's me Jason I'm in that unsaved column I've never put my faith in Jesus Christ I never have but I, I, I know today that I need to do that I need a fresh start I need a starting point maybe that's like you like some people in the first service that's me I, I need to do that if that's you I want to pray with you slip your hand up long enough for me to see it just put it right back down say I, I need God in my life I see your hand I see your hand I need I need that I need a starting point if you raise your hand right there where you're sitting pray this prayer with me we're done with church today go out to the tent on the east lawn get a bible and devotion if you're shy and you're not don't want to do that you can email point at thecoastlinechurch.com a pastor will get back with you we'll get you a devotion we'll get you a bible we'll chat with you so if you raise your hand just pray this prayer with me Father thank you for loving me and thank you that You brought me to a place where I can accept that love. So, right now, I'm confessing in my heart that I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. That Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross. I believe that they placed him in a grave, and I believe that he rose from that grave on the third day. And right now, I'm thanking you, God, that your love and your grace and your mercy are flooding my soul. And I do have a starting point, and I do at this moment, right now know that I'm being made into a new creation. Help me. Give me me the boldness to go out to that tent, God, and and get that Bible and devotion and meet somebody that can help me on my new journey because I know it's going to be full of adventure. In Jesus' name, Amen.